Please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. I have been telling my kids leading up to this moment, this Christmas we get to gather with our church family. And it is such a sweet thing to be together uh, here this morning. On this, on this sacred day, on this Lord's day, where the Spirit of God is present with us and has filled our hearts with adoration and wonder, God's Spirit is ministering to us today. As we gather, he's giving us comfort and hope through the ministry of his spirit. This Christmas season, our theme has been the joy of knowing Jesus. And we have been considering from Hebrews 1 and 2 what it means that Christ was born to be our prophet, priest, and king. Uh, the great offices, the threefold offices of, of Christ. As a prophet, he brings the truth. Do you want to know what is true? What is truth? Look to Christ and look to the word of Christ, the prophet who was born. As king, he rules over us and brings peace on earth. One day he will fully consummate his kingdom. And this morning, we consider what it means that Christ is our priest. Prophet, king, and now priest. This is the reason that Jesus was born. We're going to look at Hebrews 2 verses 14 through 18. And there is, if, if the Spirit of God opens our hearts to receive the truth of these verses, our lives will be forever changed. You will be made invincible. You will be given a joy and a comfort to such an extent that you have not known in life. Now, this obviously is not a work that we can do. It's certainly not a work that I can do. We're dependent upon the Spirit of God to press home the Word of God upon our hearts and our lives here this morning that we might be changed by His Word of truth. Hebrews 2, beginning in verse 14. This is God's holy and authoritative Word from one of the chapters in Scripture that is one of the great chapters celebrating the incarnation, the birth of Christ, and explaining the reason for it. Since, therefore, the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. May God bless the preaching of his word. 
Christmas is a reminder of our need for help. There's a word repeated several times, three times in our passage, twice in verse 16 and once in verse 18, and it's that word help. And Christmas is indeed a reminder that each one of us is in need of help. In the movie A Christmas Story, there's a scene where it's snowing, and you remember this, Randy's mom shoves him in all of those clothes? Ralphie says, my kid brother looked like a tick about to pop as Randy's just standing there. First, he can't put his arms down. He has so many clothes on that his arms just keep raising up. Then there's lots of crying. Then he gets knocked down outside in the snow, and he says, I can't get up, and he's rocking back and forth on the ground there, and he yells, help, I can't get up, I can't get up. That is a picture of the human condition, okay? Every time you see that, I want you to think the human condition. There it is, summed up. But our condition, rather than being humorous, rather than being funny, is in fact eternally serious. The reason we all need help is because of our situation before God. The world is not, as many people think, divided up into the good and bad people. The teaching of scripture is that we're all bad, and in fact the world is divided into two groups, but it's two groups of bad people, two groups of sinners, and one group is those who know they need help, and the other is those that do not realize their need for help. God is helping us this morning to see our own need for help. What kind of help do we need? Well, there is the problem of sin, which leads to death, physical death and spiritual eternal death. And there is the problem of various forms of suffering and temptation that we all face. We need the help that can only come from a high priest. And this passage explains that Jesus was born to be our priest. He left heaven and was born as a baby in history. And he did this so that we might receive the help we so desperately need. We are all flesh and blood. And verse 14 says that Jesus himself likewise took on our common humanity. And verse 16 says he did this because he desired to help us. He is the only one who could help us in our predicament. Verse 17 says that Jesus had to be made like us in every respect. That's a statement of the necessity of the incarnation. He had to be made like us. There was no other way of salvation. And it is a statement of the comprehensive nature of the incarnation. He had to be made like us in every respect. He really is a human being. He walked this earth. The joys and the sorrows that we know so well. He takes on every aspect of human nature yet without sin. And we're told that the reason this was necessary was so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. What kind of savior is he? What kind of high priest is he? He is merciful and he is faithful. That he's merciful means that he loves us more than we know and that he rescues us from danger. And that he is faithful means that he can be depended upon. That he can be relied upon. That he will never fail us. Now, the book of Hebrews as a whole tells us all about the work of priests. If you're familiar with the Old Testament, you know what it is that priests do. 
In Hebrews chapter 5, it says that every Old Testament priest from Aaron to Ezra is appointed to act as a mediator between God and the people. And they do this, this work in the middle as a mediator in two primary ways. Offering sacrifices for sins. The work of a priest was a bloody job with lots of sacrifices that were offered. And they interceded. Praying for the people. Again, chapter 5 explains in detail the work of a high priest. Hebrews 9 explains the holy place and how the priest went there regularly to perform ritual duties. The most holy place was the place that only the high priest would go once a year and would not go there without taking the blood of an animal sacrifice. But it says there in Hebrews 9, that when Christ incarnate appeared as our high priest, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves. Where's the sacrificial animal? He enters not by the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Here is the high priest who appears before God on our behalf and he brings no sacrificial animal. Why? Because he himself is the sacrifice. He himself is the one who will shed his blood for the salvation of sinners. Thomas Schreiner summarizes the the point of this whole entire passage when he says Jesus could only help human beings if he became like them. If he lived a human life like us and suffered the death we deserved. Only in this way could he be a merciful and faithful high priest and appease God for the sins of the people. Charles Spurgeon says this, By being laid in a manger, Christ proved himself a priest taken from among men, one who has suffered like his brothers and therefore can be touched with a feeling of our infirmities. A priest is born. Now consider these two aspects of the work of Christ as high priest briefly. First, he died to help us, and second, he lives to help us. He died to help us and he lives to help us. First, he died to help us. He became like us, verse 17, to become a high priest in order to, and here's this phrase, to make propitiation For the sins of the people. To deal with the problem of our sin that is created in light of the holiness of God. There must be sacrifice. There must be a death. Those who sin deserve to die. And our greatest problem is the problem of sin. Do you remember in the movie Elf when Elf has that, he realizes that his dad is on the naughty list. And he's just like, no, It's bad news. Being a Christian means realizing that about ourselves. Okay? It's it's having that moment when we see, when we see who we are. When we let down our defenses and when we're honest about who we really are. When we realize just how selfish we are, just how irritable we are, how unloving the wrong things we have said, how proud we really are. Christianity says that there is no one who is good, that we all need to be saved from our sins. 
We need a priest because God must punish sin. Apart from a priest, we cannot appease the wrath of God. Apart from a priest, we cannot receive his favor. Apart from a priest, we cannot enter into his presence. Christ came as our great high priest, offering the sacrifice of himself. One of the most glorious expressions in all of scripture is the language of the blood of Christ. The precious blood of Christ. He was born to die, born to shed his blood, and his blood is a sin-pardoning blood. His blood is a conscience-cleansing blood. His blood is a wrath-satisfying, death-destroying, Satan-conquering, soul-satisfying, eternity-securing blood. That's the blood that was shed for you. John Flavel on the priesthood of Christ says, In this office is contained the grand relief for a soul distressed by the guilt of sin. And we should all be, at one moment or another, distressed because of the problem of sin. If you've never been distressed over your sin, you don't know yourself. And you don't know the greatest problem in your life. But for those of us who have experienced the distress of the guilt of sin, it could be that you find yourself even this morning with a soul distressed by the guilt of sin. You look back on this last year and you are all too aware of the ways that you have failed. The ways that you have fallen short. The ways that you haven't even met your own standards, let alone God's standards. You've disappointed others. You've sinned against others. You've messed up again. You've sinned. Is your soul distressed by the guilt of sin? Our sins collectively are more numerous than all the lambs that were slain by the priests. All of our many sins. And the reality is all of our tears, all of our apologies, all of our good works, all of our resolve to change cannot take away sin. How will you deal with the problem of sin? We can only find relief in the death of Christ. Hebrews 10 explains this. And every high priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Earthly priests stand because their work is not finished. They continually, repeatedly offer the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, while the priests are standing, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering... A once-for-all sacrifice for sin. By a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Here is salvation. Here in this blood. Here in this sacrifice. Friends, we ought to rejoice. We ought to tremble with joy this Christmas morning with hearts overwhelmed with joy, overwhelmed with thankfulness to God that we have escaped the judgment we deserve. That we have received this great salvation. That Jesus died to help us. And one more. He lives to help us. His work as high priest 
does involve a substitutionary sacrificial death, but his work as priest is not limited to that. Hebrews 7, 24 and 25 says that Jesus holds his priesthood permanently, and that is why he is able to help us, and that he always lives to make intercession for us. He intercedes for you and me. In Hebrews 4, it says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, you have a high priest. Therefore, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. You may say, no one understands me. No one gets me. No one's able to sympathize with me. It may be that even the people who you thought were there for you in life, the people who you thought loved you, you thought cared for you, it seems like they don't get it. It seems like those who are closest to you have failed you. Well, here is one who will never fail you. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. You know what that means for us? Let us then with confidence... Draw near to the throne of grace, even now. The throne of grace is there for you. Let us draw near that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I just want to say, does anyone need grace to help today? Is anyone in a time of need? You're in an acute time of need. You're aware that you need help. You've cried out in desperation. Here is the high priest. Here is the one who died, who rose again, who was born for sinners as a high priest that he might die in our place and now intercede at the right hand of the Father. He prays for you. He ministers to you. He helps you. Verse 18 of our passage says, for because he himself suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. You are not beyond the reach of his help. He is more than capable. He is a mighty helper because he suffered when tempted. Donald McLeod has something beautiful to say here. He explains that Jesus faced greater struggles with temptations than us because he didn't yield easily. He says that the devil had to deploy all his wiles and use all his resources. Listen to this. The very fact that Jesus was invincible, he says, meant that he endured the full force of temptation's ferocity until hell slunk away, defeated and exhausted. Against us, a little temptation suffices. Against him, Satan found himself forced to push himself to his limits. He suffered when tempted. He knows that battle. He was there. He endured it. Jesus took on flesh and blood. Jesus suffered when tempted. Jesus triumphed over Satan and hell. And he did this all that he might be your help in your time of need. And so in your moment of need, cry out to him as your high priest. Remember, he lives to help us. What a high priest we have. Involving not only a substitutionary sacrifice for sinners, but also sympathetic service for sufferers. His sacrifice is once for all, never to be repeated, but his priestly intercession and service continues forever, even now, even this morning. It's the work he presently is performing 
for you in heaven, reigning over all things. Thomas Goodwin says, we owe our standing in grace every moment to his sitting in heaven and interceding every moment. You stand in grace. What's the explanation? Because there is a high priest who sits in heaven, who intercedes for you every moment. You stand in grace this morning. Let me take one more step and just make this very practical. This is the comfort of Christmas. This is what I talked about that makes us invincible in this world full of sin and suffering. This is the comfort of Christmas that through the incarnation, Jesus knows our temptations and struggles. He knows. He knows it not only by his omniscience, because he is all-knowing, because he is God. He knows it by his own personal experience. Do you face temptations? So did he. Do you face stress and busyness? So did he. Perhaps there's a particular uh, injury you have, a pain, some physical pain that you experience. Or there may be financial need. Perhaps you don't know how you're going to make ends meet. Well, the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. He was mistreated. He was lonely. He grieved loss. He was in pain. He was hungry. And because he suffered as a human, he is perfectly qualified to help us as our great high priest. Jesus died to help us, and now he lives forever to help us. Behold the glory. This morning, behold the glory of our great high priest. He destroyed the one who has the power of death. Our high priest has done it. He delivered us from the fear of death and lifelong slavery that looms over all humanity. He made purification for sin and sat down at the right hand of God. He promises to be a merciful and faithful high priest for us all of our days. This is your great high priest. We need help more than we have ever realized. I know I need help. I don't realize the half of my need for help. We need help. We are all Randy rolling around on our backs, unable to help ourselves. But we have a high priest who was born to help us. And so this Christmas, this Christmas, friends, let us humble ourselves. Acknowledge your need for help. Acknowledge your need for forgiveness. Acknowledge your need for a savior. And then look with your eyes fixed upon our merciful and faithful high priest who was born for our salvation. Born to be our great prophet, priest, and king. Adore him with your hearts and with your lives this Christmas. Amen. Merry Christmas.